Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Oh, yo, I'm going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron mindset when you stepped in the batter's box? Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying, this is what he want me to do. And, uh, Cleveland! This is for you! The way we approach the game is the same way we approach life. You do the right thing. You make the right play. Make the right play. And in life, it's the same thing. What do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the What the Game Means to Me podcast. Glad to have another episode for you guys. If you're listening, I know it's probably Saturday morning or Sunday morning, and I'd say I drop every Monday and Thursday. Apologize. Fortunately, I ran into a little issue. I did record a whole episode, I believe, Sunday night. It's still kind of late, but recorded it Sunday night with editing. When I was editing, I realized all you can hear is static and you know screeching in the background of it. So it was too much to try to edit it all out. So I just Figured it was a throwaway and told myself, you know, I'll combine all the biggest sports news stories from last week and then this week, make just one, you know, big episode. I'm going to still try to keep it under 30 minutes, but make one, you know, big episode and make a little surprise Saturday special drop. So thank you guys for bearing with me. Like I said, I'm trying to be more consistent. Failed at that the week before, failed at that this week, but you know, next week's another week, another week to get better. So I'm going to try to do as best as I can to get these episodes out and keep myself, you know in line and keep the content rolling so like i said hey have a big big episode bunch of news there's been a bunch of sports news uh since the last time i dropped the episode so definitely gonna get into a lot of different things that um have been surfacing going around and um definitely want to start with the nfl big news coming out of the nfl a lot of news coming out of the nfl first thing i want to start with is the um that they're planning to play the Lift Every Voice and Sing, which is considered, I guess, the Black National Anthem. Deciding to play that before the uh, regular National Anthem. Also considering putting the names of victims of police brutality on the uh, decals or jersey patches. Um, either one, I don't think they've decided yet. But deciding to play the Lift Every Voice and Sing, um, you know, before the na- regular National Anthem. A lot of questions. I, I don't know. I don't really know how to feel about it. I love the song. Um, if anybody really knows me, or even if you do know me, some people might not know, I love African American history, and growing up, that was one of my favorite songs, I loved it, we used to learn it in school, you know, I had to go home, um, I think I had a book on it, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of different things, a lot of different memories I've had with that song, so, I really like the song, but I'm really wondering, like, where the idea even came from, like, who proposed that idea, and who even accepted it really like i wouldn't even think this would you know the owners as owners you know majority white pretty much all white this would even be an idea coming from them or something that they would even accept 
being the type of mentality that they have. So when I heard it, I was just a little shocked and confused, like, you know, kind of where this came from and who even approved it. Um, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about it because it just seems like, you know, a lot of the other things that they're doing to kind of you know, gloss over what really needs to be done, you know, like actually changing, the, maybe changing the Rooney rule or getting African-Americans in, you know, power or positions of power uh, in the NFL, whether it be as GMs, you know, head coaches, um, you know, the list goes on. It feels kind of like, you know, kind of like a gloss over, kind of like a here, take this, almost like, you know, how they're painting the streets, Black Lives Matter and giving us names of streets with, you know, Black Lives Matter rather than actually changing the source and getting to the source of the problem and fixing, you know, police brutality, reforming the police, defunding police, changing laws, you know, certain stuff that needs to actually be put in place to make change. Like I said, it just seems a little weird and I don't really know how to feel about it, honestly. Some more big news coming out of the NFL. Um, yesterday, investment firms and shareholders were calling for Nike, FedEx, Pepsi, um, just a few of the sponsors of the Washington Redskins to end their ties with them, their business ties, uh, unless the Redskins changed their name. Uh, and I know uh, I saw Nike took all the Redskins, uh, all the Redskins apparel off of their website, so that was a pretty big step, pretty big move. I'm not too sure what FedEx and Pepsi has done yet, but um, definitely saw that. And since the Washington Redskins have put in a statement, um, basically notifying that they're reviewing the team name and more than likely it's probably going to be changed because that typically doesn't happen at all so yeah that is definitely big news i think 105 years with them having that name or 95 somewhere in there 95 to 105 years of having that name so definitely time for a change especially given the times i saw a lot of cool ones that i thought would be you know good replacements i know one was the warriors one was the red tails um honoring the tuskegee airmen and I think one might have been the Renegades and like the Warhawks. So there's a few out there. There's a lot of people that, you know, graphic design people that showed a lot of different images and a lot of different logos and stuff that, you know, would be pretty good replacements. So I don't know what they're going to go with. I don't know what they're going to pick. But I feel like there's some you know, good names out there that, you know, can slide right in, fit right in and be better. More big news, especially from Stepdad Warren. Pat signed Cam Newton. Like they said, Bill Belichick always has something up his sleeve. Uh, they inked him, they got him, and I think it's going to be a pretty good fit. Definitely keeps them competitive in that AFC East, which I don't think is going to be really a slouch this year. I think everybody in that division got better. Uh, so bringing in Cam Newton definitely is a great, you know, great QB1. Someone I feel like definitely deserves a second chance. Not even really a second chance. He, just his competitive spirit pretty much drove him to injuries and the type of years that he's been having the past year. So I'm glad he's been able to find an organization that he should fit in well with you know as a, the goal of a coach and Bill Belichick they run well they're more likely not going to run the same offense that they did under Brady but they typically are known for a lot of short dumping passes um doesn't have to really go down the field too much more than likely you know I figured they'll put in some type of you know read option package for them and you know that offense should do well she took it off and they have some they have a lot of weapons in that offense for them um more than I think that he's ever had in Carolina so uh, I think that's definitely a good pickup for them. He's going to fit right in. Glad to see him, you know, back in the league. More than likely will start, but, you know, competing for a starting role. You know, it's just time. It's just time for him to show, I guess, all the haters that, you know, he's not washed. He's not done. He's still young. He's 31 years old. He just, like I said, just coming off injury, had a few bad years because of his foot, tried to rush back. And, you know, I think he's ready. He's prepared. I've seen a lot of his workout videos. He's hungry. He got a chip on his shoulder. And I don't think he'll bring him to a championship, but like I said, definitely keep him competitive in the AFC East. More than likely competing for playoff spots. Like I said, we'll just we'll just have to see see how it goes, man. 
Um, and other news and past news that probably flew under the radar, they actually got fined $1.1 million, lost a third round pick, and the production crew cannot shoot any games for the 2020 season because of the incident uh, last year when you know, one of their film crew got caught uh, recording, I think either a Bengals game or practice or both, either one. I don't remember which one it was, but that was the final ruling. Um, the money, Robert Kraft, probably, you know, it's probably like 50 cent town. Third round pick could be pretty, you know, hit pretty hard. Typically, they find a lot of talent in later rounds. Um, but their scouting staff and Bill Belichick, they typically can find a diamond in the rough pretty much any round. So that might not hurt them as much either. As the season is fastly approaching, um, also got some other news that games have been cut from four to two. But I think a lot of people still don't want any preseason games happening. Uh, being that the spike of cases have risen in a lot of different cities and just the United States as a whole, I don't know. I think a lot of people are trying to X the preseason games at all, and they really don't even know. You know, we're still kind of uncertain at, like this the start of the season where it even happened on time. Um, I said NFL and college football, they still have the mindset that everything's good to go with the information that they have. They should be good to move forward with everything. Hopefully that's true. Like I said, I, like I've said in the past podcasts, I think the MLB and NBA, uh, how they come back and you know whether cases show and maybe end their season short or cut their season short, that might be telling for you know what the NFL and college football may be in for. So who knows? Um, also, fans that may attend, like if I guess the NFL allows fans to attend games, they're gonna definitely have to sign a liability waiver so they're protected against. Uh, any COVID-related lawsuits. Um, I think there's a lot of people that's probably going to be willing to take that risk. I don't know really like how that's going to go. Like I said, still so much time in between to where they may even X that idea completely. But, you know, sports is just a money-hungry industry, especially with the NFL. They're, you know, projected to lose. I forgot how many, but it's definitely in the billions if fans aren't allowed to attend games. So they're trying to, you know, do whatever they can to salvage some of that money. So I believe they... They would try to take the risk if it's you know possible and, and there's no rules or guidelines saying that they can't. Um, more likely, like I said, I think I said in my last podcast, leaving it up to pretty much local government. Either way, they're gonna lose out on money, but signing a liability waiver or putting that in place for fans, you know, definitely a smart move on their part. Last few things dealing with the NFL. Um, Kaepernick will get a Netflix series. It's going to be called Colin in Black and White. Basically going to be talking about his high school days, him growing up, um, being an adopted black man in a majority white environment and pretty much where his, you know, ideas and love for activism came from, um, pretty much his surroundings. It's going to be produced by Ava DuVernay, um, who produced When They See Us on Netflix. So that should be pretty good. I'm excited, you know, to look and looking forward to that. Just, you know, kind of see, see more about his background and see more about him and you know why he took this stand in the first place we kind of know why but you know just get more in depth and find out more details and um you know just hear from the horse's mouth so that'll be pretty cool in my opinion and then lastly we all saw antonio brown working out with russell wilson i don't really know what to make of that because you know he's also worked out with lamar jackson a few other um former nfl players and current nfl players i personally would like to see him with the ravens i think that that would be just great it'd just be great tv um, a lot of personalities, a lot of offensive of weapons with, you know, Lamar Jackson, his cousin, Hollywood Brown. Uh, J- they got J.K. Dobbins in the draft. They still got Ingram. So it's like it's a lot of talent in that offense. And I would more rather see him with them. But if he does go to Seattle, that's great for it. That's great, 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 great pickup for the Seahawks. And being everything that they've already done in their offseason, they just signed Jadavion J- J- Clowney back. They might be. Right, right back there in Super Bowl contention, right, 
right there to compete for a championship. They'll have all the offensive pieces that they need um, with the offseason that they've had. Um, DJ Metcalf with another year under his belt. Tyler Lockett, Antonio Brown, that receiver coach, sounds pretty scary. And Carlos Hyde in the backfield, so I don't know. Either one he goes to, I, I think Antonio Brown, of course, he's just trying to get back in the league. He's been quiet. All, all we pretty much have seen is his workout videos and him couching, catching routes and stuff, so that's pretty good to see and, um, I guess, witness on that end. At least he's not causing any ruckus and being you know, crazy, doing some crazy stuff in the media. I think it's all good for him. Hopefully he is um, going to find his way back in the lead and somebody's going to offer him. I feel like he will. So just waiting to see what team he lands with. Next, I want to move on to the WNBA. Definitely want to give them some love. Um, shout them out. The biggest, not big, the biggest stories, but one of the biggest stories has been Maya Moore. She's actually sat out last year to focus on social injustice and reform um, and helping with Jonathan Irons in his case. And she was going to do it again this year. I think she already, you know, did, even though he was um, set free after 22 years, two days ago, he and his family, or there was video with he and his family um, and her, you know, pretty much her greeting him as he walked out free, a free man. Uh, he had gotten 50 years. He was wrongfully convicted of burglary and assault in 1998 at the age of 16. Um, he was accused of breaking into a person named Stanley Stotler's house. Um, and shooting him. However, there was no evidence, pretty much. It's just, I guess, circumstantial evidence at best. It's pretty much no ND, no DNA, no fingerprint match, nothing. Um, they pretty much just pinned it on him and threw him in jail for it and gave him 50 years for it, actually. And, you know, he was able to be set free, um, serving 22 years, which is still a long time and still unfair for, you know, something that you didn't commit, a crime you didn't commit. Um, but I'm glad she definitely stepped in. Uh, she met him in 2007 through a prison ministry, I guess, event and uh, pretty much led her years later to put her basketball uh, career on pause and pretty much help him get out and, you know, be a free man again, which is big time because anybody that knows Maya Moore, MVP, two, two Olympic gold medals, you know, I think four-time WNBA championship. So she's basically in the prime of her career and her to just stop her career in order to help this man um, is big time. And that's saying a lot about her as a person and her character. She sees like is bigger than basketball and I'm glad, you know, he was able to help him out and he's been able to hopefully find a new life. Another WNBA player that's uh, decided to keep her focus on the social justice movement as well, um, Renee Montgomery of the Atlanta Dream. She's decided to also sit out this 2020 season in order to focus on social reform, her foundation. She shared uh, her decision in an Instagram post saying, I have a responsibility in myself, my community, and my future children to fight for something that's much bigger than myself in the game of basketball. So applause to her, shout out to her as well. Another good thing, another big thing for our community and our people, you know, seeing that it's more than just basketball stepping up and trying to help our cause. Some more WNBA news. Uh, Brianna Stewart, uh, she actually pretty much started a movement, or not movement, but started what the NBA basically adopted. Um, they're gonna go ahead uh, and pretty much uh, hashtag Black Lives Matter on the courts that they've been setting up in uh, Orlando for their return. And pretty much that came from Brianna Stewart. She first tweeted graphics about it, suggesting that the WNBA should do it, painting Black Lives Matter and say her name on the baselines. And like I said, the NBA adopted her, her idea. And they're gonna do that um, as well. Hopefully, WNBA is doing it too. But pretty much, like I said, shout out to her as well for giving another great idea to help continue to keep social justice in the forefront in everybody's minds. Um, another thing 
that came from a WNBA player that I'll talk about a little bit later, but Angel McCautry uh, brought up a petition, brought up the idea to have social justice statements um, on the back of WNBA players' jerseys. And again, the WNBA um, was able to strike a deal and get players to, um, or allow players to have these social justice statements on the back of their jerseys as well. So great things by the WNBA and NBA um, and great things by the WNBA players um, to continue to try to keep that social justice form in the forefront of everybody's mind as sports comes back because you know overall that's what this is all about everything is bigger than basketball but they're been able to use their platform to help others and you know show everybody the way and show that is more than just a game and that they're more than just players that the world needs to be better and they're willing to do whatever it takes to make a change and continue to push for change moving on to the nba now um there's been a lot of different cases it seems like it's been a lot of different cases but i actually realized that it was only there's only been 16 players um, out of 22 teams that's going to the orlando bubble to test positive for covid but it seems like it's been a lot lot more i don't know if it's just me or what but um from the ones that i've seen and read on deandre jordan spencer dinwiddie they both tested positive DeAndre Jordan said he's sitting out. Dinwiddie says he's going to try to get you know healthy and see if it's a possibility to still return to play. Um, I don't really know why because pretty much everyone else on the roster and team, they're pretty much going to be playing with the C team at this point. Uh, so I, if I was him, I would just probably you know dead it and sit out as well. Um, Wilson Chandler was also one that opted out. Didn't come down with the virus, but just opted out um, in general because of the virus pretty much. Um, three New Orleans Pelicans also tested positive. Hasn't been said which other players it were. Um, same thing with the Nuggets and Phoenix. For the Nuggets, they shut down their facilities after, I believe, two, three team members tested positive. Phoenix had two undisclosed players test positive. And I know also a few weeks ago or last week, Sacramento had four players, one being Jabari Parker and Alex Lynn um, were two of the players. Um, Jabari Parker was actually seen out playing tennis after being diagnosed no mask no anything so i don't know what's going on with that I don't, I don't know if he's in isolation by himself and tmz just snuck up on him and got a picture but he needs to handle that he needs to be more safe and more cautious and you know take care better care of himself and also be thinking about the people around him especially if he wants to make a return and play in the bubble league um in orlando nikolai jokish the joker um from denver he also you know caught the virus as well um, he was seen with uh, Novak uh, Djokovic, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, so it's pretty much, you know, I guess not even a sneak peek, but that's who he pretty much got it from. Like I said, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, so pretty much there's a lot of NBA players sitting out, whether it's for health reasons or because they caught the virus. Pretty big list, but some of the you know, big names outside of those players. Davis Bertans of the Washington Wizards, he was the first to announced he wasn't going to play on um, pretty much citing health reasons trevor reason the same avery bradley the same but his was also probably social justice um reasons as well victor oladipo um also came out and said he's not going to be returning for the uh, nba season davos the felosha willie Cauley stein um from the dallas mavericks also some coaches and um announcers as well assistant lionel hollins for the la lakers said he's not coming back as well and marv albert legendary play-by-play call maker um, is also not going to be a part of the return. So a lot of big names, a lot of people um, deciding to sit out wherever, whatever reason they may have. Um, like I said, it's alarming 
but hopefully you know everyone's able to continue to stay safe for those that do want to come back and play hopefully this bubble idea is the best idea and a good idea in order to finish out the rest of the season but who knows only time will tell and you know, we're a few weeks away and you know, i know we're all, all excited for the nba to return but also want to make sure that everyone's staying healthy um, and continue take care of themselves take care of their families take care of their bodies and mental and you know if this season has to be scrapped it just has to be scrapped and everybody needs to get ready and hopefully we can plan better for next year finishing up on the nba news i also know that they're trying to secure another bubble location in chicago which has a, you know, another place that has high count of covid cases so unfortunately both the bubble places have high counts of covid cases but nonetheless that's the place that they're trying to secure for the eight teams that weren't invited um, to pretty much work out, get ready for next season, my Hawks will be one of those teams that are in that bubble if that's approved. Um, and lastly, I also want to give a shout out to the Hawks. Um, definitely going to be trying to mention them a lot more on my podcast. Whenever I get a chance, I'd love to mention my Hawks. But pretty much uh, State Farm Arena struck a deal and they're going to be the largest voting precinct um, in our state which is awesome. That's great because anybody that knows Georgia, we deal with voter suppression pretty badly. Um, I've seen and experienced it firsthand, um, being in the black areas, less machines, less help, less time, just less everything, less of everything. It's, it's terrible. And you go into white areas and you're in and out in 15 minutes. So I'm definitely glad Tony Ressler and everybody in the organization has stepped up to fix that issue and better our community and allow a place for people to come and be able to vote and make a change. Like I mentioned a few minutes ago, I said I would talk about Novak Djokovic and pretty much how he passed along COVID-19 to Nikolai Djokovic um, from the Denver Nuggets. Uh, pretty much Novak, you know, tennis player number one in the world, had his own tournament. Um, I don't know if he hasn't been just taking these cases and everything seriously, but pretty much had a tournament, got where. But it ended up that he and his wife ended up getting the virus team or yeah, pretty much teams um, of players and coaches also got the virus and they pretty much had to cut it short a week. Uh, I guess they weren't going through you know, the proper precautions to have a specific tournament like this. And, you know, there wasn't guidelines weren't put in place to where a lot of people end up catching this. The crazy thing about it is, you know, as a kid, you typically either got in trouble or, you know, you did something. So you burnt yourself. You knew not to do it again. Like, OK. I learned from that, I'm not gonna do it anymore. You know, something like this, he contracted the virus, you know, I'm sure it doesn't feel that great, um, even whether you have mild symptoms or not. Uh, you would think that he would, you know, try to you know, be more cautious and even think about his future as a tennis star. But he said uh, he doesn't believe in vaccines and won't get one even when one is made. So uh, I don't really know how to feel about that. If I you know, with him, I would, you know, reconsider, especially having contracted the virus. Moving on, I want to talk about some big news that happened today. Um, something a lot of people have been talking about, something I've been advocating for and been talking about as well in past podcasts, um, whether on mine or in guest podcasts. Five-star recruit maker, McCurr maker, excuse me, decided to commit to Howard over the University of Kentucky and UCLA. Like I said, he's pretty much trying to, or like he also said, he's pretty much just trying to start a new wave of you know black athletes deciding to commit to HBCUs and um, going there instead of going to these you know other big name schools and you know continuing to make them money and have them profit um, he wants to like I've been saying since keeping in the family decided to make that step make that leap and 
just you know change the direction of basketball for african-american athletes and taking their talents to schools that will have their back and the thing is like i've been saying if you can play they will find you and i've said it in past podcasts and you know tweeted about it and ideas that i had that um these kids i think we, i would say that these kids would definitely go to hbcus if someone was either able to create a black sports network to where they're able to give tv contracts to um, the HBCUs and be able to televise their games because kids love to see themselves playing on TV. But then I thought about it more like these kids have been plastered over social media or all over social media and they will continue to be all over social media no matter what school they go to because of technology and the advances that we have. It doesn't even matter. I don't think they really care too, too much about seeing themselves on TV because they've been plastered all over social media since they were young. They will continue to be, um, whether it's highlight plays, their games, a lot of different ways for them to be seen and be shown. And like I said, we're talking about them now. We've been talking about them and known about them for two years. And I'm pretty sure scouts and NBA you know, coaches and NBA scouts know him as well. So pretty much he can play. They're going to find him. He's going to be drafted. Um, decently high no matter where he goes and plays and he's trying to kind of set that example for others you know following him Mikey Williams was the first one that had been talking about it um, but he's still two years away from his decision I feel like he'll probably follow in the steps as well he's um, been replying and tweeting uh, to McCurr as well but I love to see it I love to see it and I'm glad uh, he's been the first one to take that major step because I believe he's the highest highest rated player to commit to HBCU since I think like 2007 when they started um, rating these high school players and everything. So um, major news, major change, and hope it continues you know, as the years roll on because we all know white people don't listen or don't make a change until it hits, hits it where it hurts, and that's their pockets. And I believe maybe not an immediate impact, but slowly, slowly and surely as these top talents, which are most all African Americans continue to start going to these HBCUs and hopefully bringing them in more money and exposure that it will start to hit um, the pockets of these big corporations and NCAA teams not only with the G League but G League coming to fruition because I think that's one way that their pockets already may start to take a hit because they've already lost some big names to them Um, but this would just be another thing and it would just force them to make changes in my eyes. Lastly, I want to hit on the MLB before I get out of here. Um, so they're set to make their return. I believe July 1st is when teams uh, started reporting back to training camp. They're supposedly supposed to have their opening day July 25th. Um, so, of course, with all of this comes you know, rules and guidelines that they have to follow. They uh, had 100 pages of it come out. And I just wanted to read out a few other things in there that definitely concern me. One, no high fives, fist bumps, or hugs. No spitting of sunflower seeds and tobacco. Pretty much, I think those two things are prohibited. They can't even have it or chew on it. Players on opposing teams should not socialize nor come within six feet of each other. Any player or manager coming within six feet of an umpire to argue will be suspended. Pitchers will not be allowed to lick their fingers and instead they'll be given a wet rag for substitute. So my thing is, you look at baseball and it may not seem that it's really a contact sport at all. Like that it shouldn't be an issue to not come in contact with people in you know the sport of baseball. But thinking about it and looking at it, a lot of these things, especially in those five, six bullet points that I read out, a lot of that kind of comes you know natural to them as baseball players, and it's hard to kind of monitor and, and not do um, high fives, fist bumps, hugs, like all of that happens. Like even for the littlest things, they do that and. 
like you said, it's like kind of like how do you re, kind of like you gotta reprogram yourself and reprogram your brain because these kids they've been playing pretty much since they're kids. They've been doing this since they're kids. They you know high five fist bumps on singles like it's crazy like coming into the dugout out of the dugout all this stuff always happening also like them not being able to chew on sunflower season tobacco like i don't know if that's gonna really you know mess with their game a lot but i do know sometimes that stuff it, it's like a, a comfort it's like chewing gum in a sense like it's just comforting you know kind of just goes without being said it's just something that you know they do and have in order to perform when they're on the field and you know them not being able to have those two things i don't know how that's gonna affect them and their play, but I would think it has you know a small effect on that. Players not being able to come within each other, I guess opposing teams and stuff. Like that's you know I guess that's normal. I guess that should work. But the coming, I guess coming within six feet uh, because of an argument, like any any time like we've seen baseball typically chill, but anything can pop off like at any second. You know what happens if you know a batter get hit two three times in a row? Like they're not gonna just not like do anything about it like they're, they're probably you know gonna charge the mound dugouts may clear something may happen if a umpire continues to call bad calls a general manager is gonna come out and say something like it, it's you know natural for them and i don't know how they're gonna reprogram themselves to kind of not do those things like yeah they get suspended but it's like you're not really thinking about that in the moment you're gonna go out there you're gonna you know argue you're gonna fight you're gonna pretty much stand up for yourself stand up for your team and have your have your say and do your piece and do what you got to do and that's hard to stop like and think about in the midst of the moment and then the last one just got nasty me like you're gonna give him a wet rag instead like you're gonna give him a wet rag a different rag each time they go out to the mound um obviously licking your fingers probably isn't the best way to you know keep COVID from spreading as well but i don't know both of them sound kind of nasty but i'd rather them lick their fingers than give them a wet rag because that wet rag could be dirty like obviously you know people's fingers and mouth probably dirty as well but the wet rag is just like i don't know i don't think that's the greatest idea but that's just me more baseball news the minor league um milb was officially canceled a lot of people saw that coming a little upsetting i guess for them missing out on a paycheck missing out on a season missing out on the opportunity to move up to the big leagues and perform and play and showcase their talents, but you know something that had to be done. And you know even MLB was cut to 60 games, so you know it'd be hard to try to come up with a plan for them as well. Uh, so I guess they they made the right decision in canceling that and also keeping you know them safe and players safe and not having a bigger case on their hands. Because in baseball there are I think baseball has a lot more athletes, a lot more players. Um, because they have a lot more levels um, than a lot of other major sports. So good decision on their part to cut the season short. Hopefully they're able, hopefully next year we won't really have to be dealing with this and they're able to have their season as well. Some of the players that's deciding to opt out of the MLB season, Ryan Zimmerman and Joe Ross of the Washington Nationals are two, but the most notable one was Ian Desmond, who also shared um, a post saying that he's going to focus on social injustice, especially because there's a lot of it in, in the sport of baseball. Um, he basically stated that, you know, there's lack of lack of diversity in the MLB, which is obvious as day. We are only being one African-American GM, two African-American managers, pretty much less than 8% of the players are black. None of the team owners are black. Um, and that's pretty upsetting. And he even said it, so it's pretty upsetting for him because he said that perhaps it's most disheartening of all is a puzzling lack of focus on understanding how to change these numbers and when he said that i felt it and it may sound corny but it's true because there's been a lot of different occasions um whether in sports 
or just in our world in general to where I've thought like, how do we even infiltrate the system? You know, there's been so many cases and so many examples of times where we do everything right. We protest peacefully. We fight for change. We fight for justice. We speak out. We show up. We vote. You know, the list goes on. Whatever the case may be, we do it in the way that we've been taught, the way we're supposed to do it, and no change is seen. Nothing comes from it, and it's hard to continue to keep faith and continue to keep sanity in a sense. But I know, like, we can't give up, and I know there has to be a way. There has to be something that can be done. Um, and taking the power, and like I also said before, hitting them where it hurts in their pockets. Those I know are ways that will get the attention of these people in power. And him being uh, an all-star and someone that uh, means a lot to his team, means a lot to the sport of baseball, him sitting out and talking and speaking up about these issues, I know definitely has to have an impact and should bring about change, hopefully, within the sport of baseball. Last news story I want to hit on with MLB. Of course, they're coming back, like I said, supposed to start July 25th. Um, they're all going to be playing in their own stadiums, but they aren't going to be allowing fans at all to attend games, which is a little bit of a bummer. Um, I like summer you know, baseball games, summer baseball nights, going uh, to the park, see my Mets play when they play the Braves. I'll go down to um, Truist Park, SunTrust Park, whatever it's called now, um, and watch them. Um, going to be a little bit upsetting not be able to do that this year, um, but I understand um, the risk factors involved and what they had to do um, in order to keep everybody safe. So... To make up for that, they, well, not they, but certain teams in the MLB, um, Oakland A's are one, and I think the San Francisco Giants are another, have decided to um, sell fans cutouts that they can put in the stands as if they're in the game or at the game. Um, they're selling them between $49 and $129. And $129. Guess, and of course, the placement um, of where in the stadium they will be. Crazy thing is, the A's already sold a thousand dollars. I think they sold a thousand within a day. The MLB is expected to lose about four billion from fans not being able to attend games. So I think they're advocating for a lot of other teams to do the same, follow in the A's and San Francisco Giants' footsteps. Um, I think it's pretty cool, um, but also in a sense, like I thought about it, like yeah, it would be nice to have it cut out out there you know, in the outfield, but are the cameras really gonna be showing it like that? Um, will you be able to see yourself? Also, $49 is kind of steep because, you know, past few years, when I go to baseball games, I can get tickets about $6, $7 a piece, um, go, go with my girlfriend, or even when I've been with my granddad, I don't go and sit in the seats that I bought because stadium park is so wide open, so many seats are open. But that's $14 to go to a game. I'm paying $49 for me to not even be at the game. I don't know about that. I don't think that's going to fly with me. I don't know. I probably wouldn't buy no cutout, especially not going to be there one the whole season. And I'm not really going to be able to see myself on TV in that spot. You know, I guess there's some people that think it's pretty cool. They'll be able to say that they were there without being there. But me, nah, I'd I'd rather, you know, be in the action, be in the flux of everything and have spent less money while doing so. All right. That's going to wrap it up for me today. I appreciate you guys for listening in. Before I head out, just want to talk again a little bit about my uh, upcoming series, uh, NFL Smack Talk series. With that, everything is going to be live. I'm going to have eight different episodes. We're going live with them all. So please follow me on Facebook, on my Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, I just made a YouTube. If you search what the game means to me, I'm sure it'll pop up as well. You can catch the recap and the live broadcastings of that series on those platforms. Um, and I'm definitely need everybody to, you know, watch and listen because I need everybody to vote. I don't know if I said last episode, but make some changes. I'm going to make it a bracket style now um, until, you know, I get down to a one-on-one Super Bowl matchup. 
pretty much uh, it's gonna be divisional rounds now. Um, then we'll break it down uh, best of 16, best of four. So like I said, we get that one-on-one -on -one matchup and crown the uh, best smack talker uh, of this year's NFL Smack Talk series. So I'm pretty excited about it. Been putting it together for about a month and look forward to hopefully putting some good content out there for you guys and hope you guys enjoy it as well. You can just see um, your, rep your team representative talk smack and hopefully beat up a little bit on the divisional foes. So thank you guys again for all the love and support. Hope you guys are able to tune in for that. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode as well. Um, like I said, continue to follow me on social media for all updates, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace.